Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, this episode is our Thanksgiving extravaganza. (laughs) I was looking through on Twitter, yes, another social media platform, and I saw someone post this of a map of the United States with each state and their most popular Thanksgiving sides. Mm. State of Washington. What's our most popular Thanksgiving side, Monica? Cranberry jelly. Ooh, that's a good choice. I like that. No. (laughs) Mashed potatoes. Really? That is our Thanksgiving side of choice. Yes. Mm. I I myself prefer French fries, but to each his own. (laughs) Yes. This is really funny. Idaho, you would think because it's the potato state, right? I think if you live in Idaho, you don't want to see another friggin' potato ever. (laughs) I agree as well. (laughs) That's just my take on it. It just goes to my theory of like, if you ever worked in the food industry, Mm -hmm. let's say hypothetically, I worked at McDonald's when I was a kid. I never want to see a Big Mac or cheeseburger or anything, any of those things ever again. (laughs) I agree. What what did people use? The Mrs. Fields analogy, I think. Like they refuse to eat any cookie. That's what it is. (laughs) Idaho is green bean casserole. It's pretty funny if you look because we just had an election. (laughs) North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. You know what that is? Their favorite mac and cheese. Wow. And then on the West Coast, it's mashed potatoes, inclu- wow. including Montana and Wyoming mm-hmm. and all the Midwest states that Biden won too as well. It's yeah, I potatoes. don't know. I, I just really wish we would find out who won the election already. It's taking so long. I mean, oh, I surely, surely someday there's going to be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're still counting illegal votes, Monica. I know. I know. Yeah. It's hard, you know, it's like a needle in a haystack <laughs> i have to agree it takes a long time to count i had to count the number of random yeah. numbers from our giveaway and that took i don't know a whole five minutes to do <laughs> that. so in the grand scheme of things and that you know if you exponentiate it out it's yeah probably take two days to figure it out i don't know i'm just kidding <laughs> welcome to our show everyone this is episode 114 as i mentioned this is our thanksgiving edition we're gonna do it a couple weeks in advance so that way you guys have some time to pre-order all our meals that we recommend and pies we're gonna talk about some pies this, i'm kind of excited monica i'm not a pie guy so that's why you're doing the pies <laughs> but earlier this week we had a giveaway for Bossa out in bainbridge and we're going to talk about them later on in the future too but monica let's go ahead and announce our winner for the hundred dollar gift card to Bossa. <laughs> man you are so good did you buy that drum roll off right. amazon that is such right. a good sound bite i, I love it <laughs> i've been practicing the winner for $100 to Bossa Restaurant on Bainbridge is Seattle Foodie. And foodie is spelled with an I and no E. So F-O-O-D-I. S-E-A-T-T-L-E-F-O-O-D-I. Would that mean it's Seattle Food Eye? Like Jedi? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Congratulations. I'm so jealous. That's awesome. $100. Man, that gets you a lot. I'm oh, gonna, yeah. What is that? Like 10 bowls of pho? I don't know. <laughs> I, I would have some drinks too, so it's not that much. <laughs> oh yum all right monica before we get onto the show like i mentioned we're, we're talking about thanksgiving we're talking about turkey meals but we do have a recap and what are we eating section so let's get through that real quick 
Monica, start us off with a recap. Absolutely. Nelson, you and I visited Hangry Panda up in North Seattle, and they have been serving up teriyaki street food and boba tea. So they're only open for takeout and delivery. So that's perfect for our new restrictions. And in terms of tea, like I had the OG caramel milk and I loved it. And Nelson, you had the panda milk. How do you like that? Love the panda milk. I think they use some sort of black sesame mm. syrup or something like that. Some sort of magic. I don't know what it is. Magic. I was expecting Oreos when I saw the black and white. Because anytime you saw like this black and white shade, their panda milk is awesome, by the way. Anytime you see that, I was like, oh, I'm thinking Oreos. But no, when I took a sip, I was like, oh, black sesame. And I was very surprised. <laughs> I would definitely order that again. Yum, yum. For food, we tried the scallion noodle nest, minced pork right, salt and pepper, popcorn chicken, spicy chicken sandwich, cucumber salad, and fried chicken skins. Now, my absolute favorite were the chicken skins, and I can't believe somebody's making them so close to my house. Love those. I love the noodles and the cucumber salad. What did you love, Nelson? Chicken skins. That's mm, easy. Right? That's the no-brainer. Chicken know. skins. Like you said, it's very hard to find a place that just does chicken right? skins. Or right. not not chicken skins, but chicken skins well. That's what yes, I would say. Yes, absolutely. And so unphotogenic, but so unbelievably delicious. So guys, if you visit Hangry Panda, there's street parking available during non-commute hours. And there's a parking lot around the back. And so check them out again, only for takeout and delivery. So Nelson, let's start off our Thanksgiving content. You're going to tell us about meal kits. Yes. Thanksgiving, guys, is more than a week and a half away. And we all know 2020 has not been a regular year. If you think it's a regular year, please message me and let's talk. Because <laughs> I want to know what's your secret. <laughs> if you're not in the mood to cook this year, maybe Thanksgiving is a lot smaller because of quarantine. It's just with your immediate family. and you, Or you just want to relax this holiday and just watch football or the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade or Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. I don't know, whatever whatever your holiday tradition is. Let these places take care of all the work for you. Mm -hmm. Now, before I get onto the, the list of meals that are available around Seattle, I just want to remind people, we did do an episode like this on episode 10, way before in our infant stages, for some more recommendations about where to get turkeys and stuff like that. So make sure you turn into that episode if you haven't listened to that one, or give it a re-listen and help boost our numbers for downloads. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, so let's start it off. I have four recommendations. Number one, Eastside. If you're looking for an option on Eastside, the Woodmark Hotel and Still Spa is offering Thanksgiving to go through Caroline Kitchen. And this year, it includes a 15-pound roasted turkey, cornbread and chorizo stuffing, maple glazed sweet potato puree, and a lot more. There's a lot of things, guys, on the menu. I can't list them all. Otherwise, it's going to be a two-hour show. Hmm. You must place your orders by November 19th if you want to order from the Woodmark Hotel. In Renton... Both Waters Table and Dock and Drink in the Hyatt Regency Lake Washington offers a Thanksgiving dinner at both locations. Highlights of that include herb roasted turkey breast and brown sugar cured king salmon, as well as a lot of other things on the menu. Mm. Now, Monica, what's our favorite place in Seattle? What is it? Our favorite place for what? Monica, what's our favorite neighborhood to get food from around Seattle? Chinatown International District, hands down. Of course. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> no if, if you've been listening to our show, Chinatown is our go-to stay. I've always wanted to do this one, Monica. I don't know if you've done this before, but how about an unconventional turkey? If you like roast duck from Cow Cow, 
Let Cow Cow roast the turkey for you, mm-hmm. Chinese barbecue style. Yeah. Cow Cow sells about 80 of these turkeys for Thanksgiving. You probably want to call in this week if you want to reserve one of those turkeys. I've always wanted to get one of these. They sell it by the pound, depending on how big the turkey is. I think it's like maybe, what, $3 or $3.50 a pound, Monica, depending on how they roast the turkey. I don't know. It's whatever they charge me. I just give them the money. <laughs> not sure how much it costs have you ever done that before i've always wanted to do one i haven't we've done like a vietnamese thanksgiving before mm-hmm. and we've definitely had all kinds of other food but never having roast turkey from cow cow so mm-hmm. uh, another alternative if you live down south i believe ranch 99 market does this too mm-hmm. as well because as i was researching i think their name popped up too if you're down in kent yeah sounds awesome and then here's my fourth recommendation for getting a meal during thanksgiving if you're not a turkey fan monica mm-hmm. Bassa restaurant in bainbridge as we just talked about at the beginning of our show is serving a thanksgiving feast with roasted double ducks stuffed with szechuan jalapeno sausage mm. honey walnut prawn toast chinese sausage and dried shrimp risotto and almond cassava cake monica i'm proposing this rent out an airbnb you and i and your family hashtag mm-hmm. not a couple <laughs> and then we order this feast I go into my room with a TV and I just nap with the TV on with the football games on for the rest of the day. That sounds so good to me. How come your life and Cole's life sounds exactly the same? (laughs) Because I live like a 14 year old. You know, I, this menu sounds really intriguing to me, especially the risotto, because I love risotto and just thinking about those ingredients. So sounds yummy. The Chinese sausage and dried shrimp risotto mm-hmm. brings back memories of when I used to have Thanksgiving with all my relatives. Mm-hmm. Like my uncle would always make the turkey and he would do sticky rice stuffing. And he would use Chinese sausage and dried shrimp. And this is like a Chinese style sticky rice that he would yeah. do it. And that's a, now, it, the turkey would be a little bit drier because you have to cook the stuffing in there. Mm-hmm. I'm okay sacrificing a little bit of the dryness of the turkey if I could get a lot of that stuffing. Yeah, that sounds really good. Hmm, yum. So those were four options that I gave you just now. If you listen to episode 10, I think we gave like six other options too as well. I don't know. Back in the day, we used to make really long lists. <laughs> Nelson, I'm talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I tried to get through it as fast as I could because Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of content to cover. Now, you're going to talk about pies, Monica. Right, right. So the list of places offering Thanksgiving meals in Seattle is really long. So instead, I decided to focus on where you can get pies. I often pick up dessert for Thanksgiving and other holidays because I'm distracted by making other things. And also, I'm not great at pie crust. And so I recognize my growth areas. And so that's why I order pie from other places. So we're going to kick things off with Simply Soulful in Madison Valley. They offer one of my favorites, which is sweet potato pie. And it's been a while since I've had one here. But for the holidays, they're offering 9-inch or 5-inch pies. And you have to pre-order by phone if you want to get them on your table this holiday. So while you guys are ordering your meal kits, order your pies as well. Do not wait till the last minute. I mean, at a minimum, you're going to need a couple of days. But let's be real. Everybody's staying at home based on what we know now. So try to get your order in as soon as possible like as soon as you hear this show. The next one is Baked from the Heart, and that's a newer business to me. The owner, Bill Hart, is so sweet, and he sells three different sizes of pies, even bite-sized tarts so you can try all the flavors, which is what I did. I went and got like all the flavors so I could try them all. I am a big fan 
of key lime chest pie. So if sort of sweet potato or pumpkin is not your style, there's fresh fruit ones as well, cream ones. Sweet potato is also very good there. And for something a little bit different, Nelson, you and I have talked about this, try the sweet bean supreme. And mm-hmm. you can order all of these pies online. So you can order them online from Baked from the Heart. So those are two Black-owned businesses focused on making pie. Now, Nelson, did you know that Cakes of Paradise makes more than just tropical cakes? Yes, because <laughs> everybody knows that my favorite thing from Cakes of Paradise is the pineapple upside down cake. Yeah. It's a special cake. I don't know when they have it, but when they do, I pounce on it. Yes. Yes. We love pineapple upside down cake in Hawaii for some reason. I don't know why. But guys, they make pies as well. So if you're looking for something more like a cream pie, like my favorite, the macadamia nut cream pie, this is where you go. They also have coconut cream pie, banana cream pie, and a mango cream cheese pie. And so I have ordered online from Cakes of Paradise before, so it's really easy. But again, if you guys want pies from someplace, order like order right now. Just just don't wait. It's just gonna you're gonna miss out. I don't want you to miss out because I love a good sweet for Thanksgiving. And my final one is one of my favorites, Hood Famous Bake Shop, a business that I follow since back in the pop up days at Inez. They are taking pre orders for pickup on. November 25th and 26th is when you can pick them up at their storefront in Chinatown International District. Now, currently, I don't see a deadline, but again, don't snooze on this, guys. You can order one of their famous cheesecakes, of course, pumpkin halpia bars, or pies. And let me tell you, if you're going to pick a pie, that buku pie is the best. It's coconut custard and it is dreamy Um, i gotta go look for that picture on my feed and post it again but it is delicious so those are four businesses where you can get pies for your holiday now monica i have to plug my friend's pies it's fairly new gracie's pies because she has collaborated with the previous owner of central district ice cream chris and they're doing pints with apple pie. So that's another one that's an awesome oh, cool. option. I just I just thought of that off the top of my head. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's our holiday roundup. Now, what's, what are we eating? <laughs> what are we eating? Oh, boy. Is this kind of melan- a little bit melancholy, Monica? Because for all we know, it might be takeout for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. We can definitely flatten the curve part two. This time it's personal. I don't know. <laughs> I know your sequels have always got to have like a catchy line to it. I haven't thought of one yet. (laughs) It's either electric boogaloo or this time it's personal when it's a sequel for me. Oh, funny. Yeah, I mean, we're like I said, we're we're going back into quarantine. Well, we've always been in quarantine. We're <laughs> we're going back to phase one restrictions or something modified like that for the next month. Let's let me tell you about what I did to do as my last hurrah. I guess I I didn't even know it was my last hurrah. Tuesday, I went on a mini food crawl in Kent. Stopped by Sip and Smile for the new chicken apple delight sandwich. After that, I went to Egg Hole for a monster breakfast sandwich. Monica, have you ever had egg slut before down in yeah. Las Vegas? in in LA. Uh, Yes, I have had Egg Slut and I love them. So how's it compare? So a lot of people have been asking if it's like Egg Slut. Hmm. Um, Not really. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you that right now. (laughs) The only thing that's the same is the wrapping, Monica. (laughs) (laughs) That little square uh, rectangular shape wrapping that you put the sandwich in. That's the only thing that's the same. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But the sandwiches 
are significantly bigger. And I'll be honest, they are on the pricier side. If you mm-hmm. wanted to add bacon, it cost me about three fifty for bacon. <laughs> That's a lot. That's kind of expensive to add bacon. I'm just, I'll, I'll sell you bacon you. for a dollar, Nelson. Yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> you sell it a dollar, they sell it for three <laughs> I'll give you the thick cut too. <laughs> Nonetheless, I still think the sandwiches are worth it for the mm-hmm. size. It's a very, for what you get. You should just go check it out. Hmm. Rounding off the small food crawl out in Kent, I went to Nana's Southern Kitchen, a Black-owned business for some fried shrimp, mac and cheese, and collard greens. That's always a win for me. And then on Wednesday, I was out in Renton at Dock and Drink that I mentioned earlier at the Hyatt in Lake Washington. Monica, you've been there for drinks before. They totally revamped their dining patio to be more winter and outdoor ready. Mm-hmm. Cool. Looks really cool. If you go back, I bet you it looks a lot different. I thought it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Those blue docking chairs that you can sit on by the dock area. And then you have to the left of you, what is it? Those old airplanes from Boeing Field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a cool background. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful spot for sure. And, you know, I haven't really had cocktails, but I've knocked a few beers back for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the perfect setting for it. Like I said, you were out there during the summertime and I ended up enjoying a nice dinner during the wintertime. It's different seasons. The highlights for my dinner included a 16-ounce New York strip, short rib Wagyu rigatoni, which I loved. Mm. It serves two to three people, guys. So (laughs) expect to have a lot of pasta for that. Mm. The truffle flatbread with mushrooms and the show-stopping black pearl tiramisu. Mm. I was not expecting this round chocolate ball with flames (laughs) melted on top of that. That was crazy. I was not expecting that. I know. It really looked beautiful. It looked looked really interesting. And then, uh, like you mentioned, after Hangry Panda on Thursday, I stopped by Mendoza's Mexican Mercado, a Mexican supermarket on Aurora Avenue, for a platter of carnitas, tripe, stomach, and rice and beans. Mm -hmm. Monica, I first found out about this on Yelp many, 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 many years ago. (laughs) And it's super underrated. You guys all got to check it out. It's just this Mexican supermarket. And then you go to the back. And they have like chili rellenos, chimichangas, carnitas, and you just ask for whatever they want, or you just ask them to build something for you. And it's always spectacular. Mm, wow, that sounds good. And then finally, Saturday, I was out in Hillman City for the La Dolce pop-up at Sam Choi's Poke to the Max. I grabbed some Silvanas, met some new Instagram foodies in real life. We enjoyed some matcha, mango, and coffee Silvanas. Of course, since I was at Sam Choi's, I got my favorite thing I ordered there, the reconstructed musubi. I stopped by coffee holic as well just to let you guys know they'll have two seasonal drinks peppermint mocha and eggnog latte that they'll be serving for probably through november and december mm-hmm. so look out for that and then after that i stopped by vntn the grocery market to pick up some lao sausage perfect to throw in the air fryer i'm obsessed with my air fryer monica <laughs> and of course i went to q bakery for a couple bon mis and other people were picking up loaves and loaves of french bread yeah <laughs> it's just yeah I have a question for you. So the reconstructed mm-hmm. musubi, isn't that just musubi? No, because musubi is this long rectangular, isn't it? I mean, it, it looks kind of like giant sushi rolls for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're chopped up with egg and spam in the middle. And they are, I mean, pretty thick, square <laughs> size. Double the size of sushi rolls. Okay. I guess that's, that's how I describe it. And it's slathered in sauce. Mm. which i love yeah oh, gotta have it wet <laughs> i think that's what it is it's yep. a wet musubi 
Yeah. 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 It's kind of what sense. I was thinking. <laughs> All right, Monica, what have you been eating this week? Well, Nelson, in preparation for the holidays, I've been trying to weave in a few healthier options, like I had rice veggies. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why they call them rice. They're more pearls to me. Aside from that, my son, you know, has been killing the baking game this week with muffins. And he had a base recipe and decided on using his own flavors. So he added applesauce, mini chocolate chips, and brown sugar topping. And they were delicious. I like them. I like them a lot. Hold on. Let me spend like 30 seconds to tell you how awesome <laughs> those muffins were. When we went to Hangry Panda, Monica gave me one of Cole's muffins that he made, which was awesome, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I already told you that they were amazing. Mm -hmm. I am just really impressed with his baking skills. Yeah. Now, I took some sort of class like that when I was a, mm -hmm. when I was a freshman in high school. I think it was called Consumer Life Skills. And one of the, during the parts of the quarter we did, they had kitchens. Mm. And <laughs> I had never cooked before ever in my life. Okay? You're all, what is this? Where is this? <laughs> no, we, I mean, my... And, and I partnered up with my, my best friend mm -hmm. and, oh man, this is when I learned that when I had to pick roommates for college and like dorms, I would yeah. never pick my best friend to be my roommate Oh no! because we bickered like crazy trying to make stir fry at eight in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. It was so bad, Monica. We were arguing and then all of a sudden the egg started rolling, rolling off the table and it <laughs> fell on the floor and just cracked. <laughs> oh, we did not get a good grade and I was so not happy. Oh, <laughs> Kudos to your son mm -hmm. for doing all the cooking, learning all the basic skills mm -hmm. at that age. I cannot commend him enough. Yeah, he's loving it. And I have to admit, he's pretty good at it. So good on him. And, and I get to eat baked goods every week that I don't have to cook. So that's incredible. Yes, that's a good bonus for you. Right. <laughs> it is a huge bonus. To balance out these healthier options, I visited Seattle Cinnamon Roll in Woodenville twice this week. Twice, Nelson. When do I ever go places twice in the same week? Weird. So it's got soft dough, a really punchy cinnamon flavor, and sweet icing. And these are some of my favorite cinnamon rolls, so I really like them. On my way back from Woodenville, I grabbed takeout at Twisted Cuban Cafe, including a Cuban sandwich, Maduros, and empanadas. Later, I got messages in my DMs about the coffee at Twisted Cuban, Cuban Cafe, so I'll be sure to grab some next time. Headed out beyond the city of Seattle occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> my son has been loving the chicken karaage at uh, kiriba sushi so he requested more this week and because i hardly got any i just got a bite last time i ordered one of my own and he's right it is very good it's very crunchy the chicken is juicy and flavorful i can see definitely going to be a family favorite um i also grabbed a teka roll and spicy tuna hand roll to go so hidden this up is the, the second pot. time you've mentioned kiriba sushi and the yeah. karaage yeah so they must be it's monica approved if you really yeah. like that yeah it's pretty good i promise i won't mention it again he's i can't be doing <laughs> it every week um in terms of beverages i was treated to the annihilator from dutch brothers and i think it's my new go-to drink really and you know me i drink coffee all hours of the night and so it was, it was double shot it was delicious the good people at Fix Hard Seltzer sent me a batch, and they use real fruit puree to flavor their seltzers, and you can find it around town by using a store locator. The mango is definitely one of my favorite flavors, and it really reminds me of summer. So I'm always looking for a good beverage, so thanks to Fix for those. And then finally, just real quick, you know, saying goodbye to indoor dining. Um, I, I went to U Village today to Din Tai Fung and Hello Robin with my girls, Annie and Jesse. So we had a great time outdoors, but sadly, I don't know that we'll be seeing each other for quite some time. So um, kind of reminiscent of the first lockdown. 
how packed was it down there, Monica? I was just wondering because I, my friends were texting me back and forth how, how packed Costco is. Mm -hmm. And people, did we not learn from the first time? Right. All toilet paper is sold out again. <laughs> why i'm gonna start why? looting toilet paper from people's houses like i'm just like stop it already i just need the normal amount of toilet paper so it wasn't that busy at you village for the for the businesses i mean it was pretty brisk you know it's sunday but i have to say grocery stores are really busy so there's a qfc there and i know there was lines at costco and then at our fred meyer we we just do pick up curbside i mean so we have them pull our groceries um mm -hmm. that took quite some time as well so so people are getting ready for it but it's just like okay like okay <laughs> so 25 percent capacity in the store i love shopping in a store that's 25 percent capacity like that's the <laughs> only time i like to go to trader joe's <laughs> so here we are again here we are again here we are again all of these mandates don't start until tuesday at the end of tuesday for restaurants you might still be able to go out if you want to go and do dining for whatever reason you want to do indoor dining before it ends you have till tuesday to do that just to let everyone know for sure and nelson you have an interview for us today we do today we got another duo for you just like last week this week's guests are tasha and ronnie of the chino latino way formerly of chino e china eats we had a fun conversation about latin food in miami and how it contrasts to seattle and ronnie also shares with us what he's been cooking at home here's our interview with the chino latino way Hello, everybody. Today we have the Chino Latina Way, formerly known as Chino Eat China Eats, the dynamic duo, Ronnie and Tasha. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Hey, hey Nelson. <laughs> the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> That's my crowd noise before I start coughing. People think it's a COVID cough or something like that. So. <laughs> Love it. How are you guys doing? What's what's going on? I haven't seen you guys in forever, obviously, but I know. Yeah, what's what's new? We're good. I'm just trying to stay sane and safe with all the COVID stuff. He's definitely been like, oh man, cooking up a storm like more than usual. And I definitely gained weight. So be nice to me when you see me <laughs> in person. Oh, as long as you're nice to me, I'm okay with that. Because I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I haven't been in a, I don't have an Adonis body after this. So it doesn't look good at all. <laughs> so I canceled my gym membership because I did. was like, <laughs> I'm not going to go work out when it's COVID. Maybe yeah. after. Not right now. <laughs> I went to the gym once just to see what it's like. Any safety measures taken yeah. or what, what kind of precautionary measures. And I want to do some cardio on Saturday. And yeah, it was it was quite interesting. But yeah, it worked out. I think I might go back. But anyway, let's nice. talk about you guys. What made you transition from this new name, this new branding? That's a great question. You want to go, babe? We wanted to do more than just food. We like, we both love food. Yeah. We travel for food, but we also like enjoy traveling and learning about new cultures and like just experiencing lots of things that are beyond food. So we want to yeah. kind of showcase that stuff too. Yeah, definitely. We don't want to be limited. And a huge thing, which you guys might not know, is growing up Latina as a Cuban woman, China, which basically means a Chinese girl, is mm -hmm. actually a term of endearment. Yeah. But now that we're learning all these things with Black Lives Matters and we're correcting, you know, generational things and stuff like that. When I realized why it was called that, um, I was like, hmm, maybe that isn't something 
that we want to represent since I'm not actually Chinese. Like it may be a term of endear- endearment for the Latino community, but mm-hmm. Ronnie and I going forward and with our child, we're going to change that. You know, Cubans would just say, oh, when I smile, I have smaller eyes. And it's really meant as like, you have such a good smile. You're my China. But mm-hmm. because people not in the Latin community don't know that and see that, we definitely want to correct that term as well. Ronnie and I love it. You know, my mom still calls it me it, but going forward, right, we're learning and correcting all these wrongs that are might maybe even culturally. So that's another reason. Um, we didn't want to be held to just food and also just to be culturally aware and racially aware and make things right, if that makes sense. Tasha, you're from Miami, correct? Because I think I saw last year. How long were you guys in Miami for? She was in Miami for like two months. And I went, I went once for a week mm-hmm. and then I came back for a week and then I went again for my best friend's bachelor party and they've like never been to Miami. So I just like showed them around and like took them to all the food spots. Yeah. And I was so proud because he planned everything. Everyone's like, you've been there like for five years and basically they're all foodies. So Ronnie took them to like all the best spots and I was so proud. He just planned the whole thing. He's like, guys, I got this. Yeah, I was let go of my job last year and I hadn't been home for a year. Usually we mm-hmm. go home once or twice for the holidays. And I just said, okay, babe, I, re- I already have a ticket home. So I'm just going to stay with my family as long as I can. So yeah, it was like two months. Yeah. This isn't a yearly thing for you, is it, Tasha, where you uh, go out there for two months every year out of the year? Just a, what is it, snowbird? Is that what it's called? I think it's... <laughs> no, that's our ultimate dream is six months here and six months there and working towards that. And then that's exactly what we would do. We would be here for the beautiful months and dip when it gets cold, like January through like May. Well, if we want to experience snow. Uh, we, we could stay for the one day it snows in Seattle, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about the contrast between Miami food and Seattle food. What do you like that's different? What's good and what's bad? Describe the whole food scene between Seattle and Miami. I think, well, this is just from my experience because I've been like a handful of times. And you're a Seattleite. And I'm from (laughs) Seattle. So definitely the population of Miami is like 60% Hispanic. So that's definitely like reflected in the food. There's lots of Cuban food, lots of Dominican food, lots of Venezuelan, Peruvian, Puerto Rican. So it's just like a very like wide array of different Latin Hispanic foods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like look at Asian restaurants there and I'm like, do I want to eat there? <laughs> or do I want to eat Cuban food that I like have loved since the first time I tried it? Mm-hmm. We can't get Cuban food anywhere else besides Miami. Cause it's literally like 90 miles from Cuba. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, Ronnie hit the nail on the head. Is that how you say it? Hit the head on the hit nail. Hit the head on the nail. <laughs> nail on the head. I'm, I'm good with either one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I remember it was really cute. He told me recently, I think I had forgot his first trip to Miami. He came back and was searching for Cuban food. He's like, oh my God, I need to find a place here in Seattle. And then he went, and you know, we're not going to say the name of the place or anything, but Ronnie's like, oh my God, that it, just, it he it, was like. <laughs> it didn't compare. Yeah, he's like. Oh it's yeah, a, it's a huge and, letdown. I get it. Yeah. I've been to other yeah. places and I come back and like, wow, this isn't. No, this isn't what I envisioned. (laughs) What about you, Tasha? I want to know. I want to get your point of view, too. I I got Ronnie's view. This is a Seattleite coming to Miami, but I want to get a true Miamian. Is that what they call you guys down there? I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think so. Miami, 305, Dade County. (laughs) Dade County. Uh, But I don't know. How long have you lived in Miami? 
did you live down there? All my life. I left All when your I life. was okay. yeah, a little over 21, which is crazy to say. And then I went to Cali and then Seattle. But mm-hmm. yeah, being born and raised there, it's just what Ronnie said, especially my family was Cuban, right? So it's like the Cuban bakeries, the Colombian bakeries. Yeah. It's a lot of Latin influence. I didn't have any Asian food growing up. I'm talking about maybe orange chicken and fried rice, which as we know, <laughs> isn't... <laughs> as authentic as it gets and it wasn't good you know when I moved here my life changed in regards to like Asian food just like Asian cuisine at home you know here we don't have any of that Latin representation we have Mexican which is very strong and great on the west coast we actually don't have a lot of Mexican spots in Miami Mm -hmm. it's just like the difference of the Latin food exactly what Ronnie said is what I expressed to him as well and what he also experienced coming here it's just like you have some places I've seen like some Peruvian I think there's one or two Colombian and then there's like Caribbean places, not specifically Cuban. It's just kind of like a mixture of all those cultures. So it just doesn't compare. Like even when I have a craving, that's why Ronnie learned to cook the food for me because he, I would get homesick. And that's kind of what led to like Papi Chino pop up to see if people would receive that Cuban food here well. And so. Tell me one thing before we move on, one dish or one food you wish they had in Seattle that's in Miami. I already know what it is. <laughs> and today's the today's the national day for it. It is. So we have mooncakes. Mooncakes. <laughs> I don't know. What? Oh my god, that's true. Oh yeah, my mom said that today's mooncake day or that's something. That's true. Yeah, it is. It's the mooncake thing. festival, but no, Maybe I'm, I'm, just, I'm just joking. Babe, I know that. You should know that. Maybe it was around this time. <laughs> it's croqueta and croqueta I'm gonna have Ronnie describe it because I'm not good at describing food but it is a staple everyone loves it and you get it at what we call ventanitas windows it's the culture you get a pastry you get a pastelito and you get a cafecito like a Cuban coffee and people that's quick right it's the culture people meet up there it's outside the restaurant it's just like a huge every restaurant has a ventanita like even the Starbucks in Miami has a ventanita they like adapted to that culture that Latin Cuban culture mm-hmm. today's national croqueta day so ronnie's gonna explain what a croqueta is because he's the man he's the chef i can't describe food for the life of me. it's like those croquettes that you get when i first had it, i thought it was like filled with potato and ham there's usually like two types of meat so it's like either ham or chicken mm-hmm. some, some other places have like fish. other like fish or mm-hmm. other meats it's pretty much shaped like a mozzarella stick yeah. it looks like a mozzarella yep. stick so it's deep fried it looks like a mozzarella stick and inside is cured ham and it's just like the flavor for this little <laughs> you know how big a mozzarella stick is it's just mm-hmm. like oh man i miss them i crave them i get homesick for them and today's National Croqueta Day, Miami-Dade. We actually made it a national holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Tasha, you were telling me that Ronnie has been cooking up a storm, and I've been seeing a lot of it on your guys' stories. Ronnie, where did this all start? Now, I know that your parents own a restaurant. You can tell us a little bit about that. Is that how you learn? And then for all your listeners that don't know, tell us about your parents' restaurant as well. So my parents own Canton Noodle House. They've owned mm-hmm. it for, I think, 13 years. The one on MLK. Yeah, it, yeah, it's been like 14 years, yeah. Yeah, I think it's 14 years. It's on MLK now. It used to be on 12th and King. Mm-hmm. Like my dad's side of the family has owned restaurants like their whole lives or as long as I can remember because my grandpa owned like a handful of restaurants. And my parents used to have a restaurant up in Everett. So with my parents working all the time, my gran- mm-hmm. my grandparents had to 
watch me and my brother and take care of us. Uh-huh. So I spent a lot of time like with my grandma watching her cook and helping her. So I'd like help her make dumplings. Just spending a lot of time with her, like watching her cook was probably like the main part of like how I got into cooking. Mm-hmm. And then luckily I got some recipes from her. But you know how grandmas are when they cook, they're always like, you know, you just add like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yep. I no like, recipe. I was like, how do I know when it tastes right? She's like, you just taste it and it tastes right. And I was like, okay. That's true. I wouldn't be able to replicate any of my grandmother's recipes because I would never know how she made it. Yeah. She did it by, by hand or by eye or whatever it is. So I totally I understand. I feel like that's how all grandmas do it. What have you been cooking up lately? Tell me some of the dishes you've been cooking up the past month or couple months. I've made sourdough pretty much like everyone else since <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> and the sweet thing is he doesn't even like sourdough. And of course it was my idea. I was like, babe, we should make bread. And of course we, five seconds mm-hmm. into it, I lost my attention span and I realized how <laughs> long it took. So Ronnie took that over. And Great. Oh yeah, just making the starter itself takes like a week. Yeah. Yeah, one, luckily one of my friends owns a restaurant in Singapore, so he... He's like been perfecting a sourdough yeah. recipe, so I like bugged him in for Singapore. It and stole it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. from Seattle, but he moved to Singapore and opened a restaurant there. Okay. And he gave us his sourdough starter, and it's bomb. Like his recipe. <laughs> yeah. He's worked at like a bunch of fancy Michelin starred restaurants. We I trust tr- him. I, I trust. I trust you. <laughs> yeah. You know what you're doing. <laughs> I've made cow soy, so I made like this paste from scratch mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. made cow soy. I didn't make my own noodles. I'm not that fancy yet. Wait, you did make your own noodles though. Oh yeah, I made those, the bang bang noodles. And they were amazing. Them. Like the ones that you like smack on the board. You've seen like a bunch of those restaurants opening up lately. Yeah. Have you even tried to make one ton in soy gao? Or is it just not even like you throw your hands up? It's like, I, I don't even want to like come... <laughs> try it since my parents already do it i don't even attempt it if i wanted <laughs> i just like mom can you, can you bring some yeah just bring some, some. Tons of <laughs> yeah but you that's what make, i would do too um, dumplings yeah. from scratch oh, that yeah, took a long time i have made like this like quarantine. handmade dumplings but they're not as good as my like grandma's or as good as the ones that my parents made. don't knock it he's a hard <laughs> critic i'm actually his hardest critic he says but <laughs> um what else did i make i made pad thai nice from scratch, yeah. Oh, yeah, I made that from scratch. Shrimp and grits, red beans and rice. You made wow. Cuban flan, Korean fried chicken. All right. Yeah. And I've been trying to make, like, more Cuban food since Tasha's missing it. That's a little bit harder to figure Love out. Love it. He's so hard on himself. I would not attempt it right, like you said, because I have that at home and my grandma. And it's he can almost replicate those flavors never having grown up with it, which is insane. Like, I remember my grandma told him once, he's like, hey, I want to make black beans for Tasha. I know that's, like, her favorite thing. And mm-hmm. you tasted the Cuban black beans at the pop-up and every they're different right everyone raved about them and my abuela which is grandma she told him the recipe once and months later i came into my apartment and he was cooking it and she was like wait which means wait she was like how did he he remember he didn't write it down and i'm like i know he's amazing he just does that i don't know how he does it so she was like so happy you know she he got in with the grandma there (laughs) i understand grandma talk she was just like put a little bit of this put a little bit of that i'm like i got you All right, I have a couple more questions to ask you guys before we end this. Because we're in Seattle, describe the Seattle food scene for me. And then my second follow-up question is, tell me some of your favorite spots that our listeners can know about. So the Seattle food scene for me, I think we already touched on this, so it's a little repetitive. 
it has great variety in different Asian plates. Of course, it's not at the level of New York or LA, but not a lot is, but they're individualized specific restaurants. The soba restaurant, ramen restaurant, you know, it's very, you know, the noodle house. So everything's like very specific. I feel as in a huge restaurant with a huge array of menus. Again, we're just going to say, I think the same thing, lacking the huge uh, Latin influence. That's what it is for me. But I do love how supportive and it's almost like a family, like at least one person at one bakery or restaurant (laughs) or cake shop has worked with each other or crossed paths. And Seattle is really supportive of the pop-up culture. And I think that's really cool of combining cultures and forces. And I think, I feel that that is pretty strong. There's a strength with that in Seattle, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then Ronnie, tell me some of your favorite restaurants. Give me your top three. Well, obviously my parents' restaurant, but... <laughs> Canton Noodle House! All right. I that's uh, that's the fourth. Biased. That's the fourth. Give me that's, three other ones. That's, yeah. That's my freebie. Three other ones. <laughs> we both love like Kauai Family Restaurant. Yeah. Fabok. I love Burnett's. I love we, chicken wings. We oh, love yeah. Burnett's. I mean, like no frills, right? And they have the one thing you're focused on. Yeah. Is this still a 45 minute to an hour wait for those I wings? I went there right when they first reopened and it was pretty much, a, it was like maybe 30 minutes. But I got there genius. like before the rush. You go and you drink. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So They're true, Tasha. <laughs> All right, Tasha, real quick, give me your top three. So Spinace is up there for me. I love Italian Mm, food. I love noodles. Sadly, I have to mention it. Il Corvo was as well. We all know that it closed, but I I definitely had to mention it. And I have to mention these two. We love Little Ting's Dumplings and Ronnie loves El Taco Maestro in Renton. Oh my gosh. Those are like some of our our go-tos. It's like in the Renton Highlands. Yep. I know where it is. So a good low. Yep. That's my favorite taco place. He I think I went him. And I, I have to mention fats locations. too. We love fats. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> it's no. really hard. <laughs> that is this good. We, we have, have like, like 20 We literally have like 20 restaurants, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> That's perfect. All right, let's end the conversation here. Final question. Where can we all find you on social media? We are at the Chino Latina Way, formerly Chino y China Eats. So hopefully people will notice that and yeah. recognize us. On Instagram. So just Instagram, yes. nothing else? On awesome. Instagram. We have a YouTube, but we haven't. Yeah, we're going to continue to update that, but that's the link in our bio. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be the same. The Chino Latina way. And we have some exciting things coming up. We didn't know if you wanted us to mention it or not. So they definitely want to follow along because we have some a couple like exciting announcements. Wonderful. We'll make sure to have you follow them. All right. Thank you, Ronnie and Tasha. We, I really appreciate having you guys on. It's really fun. Yeah, thank it was you. great being on. Thank yeah, you, Nelson. Thank you for having us. And that was our interview with Ronnie and Tasha, the Chino Latina way. Monica, best part of that interview is Ronnie learned how to cook Cuban food because Tasha's from Miami, lived there for a while, and she was missing it so much that Ronnie learned how to cook Cuban food for her. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's so sweet. And I personally love watching Tasha supervise Ronnie when he's cooking (laughs) on their stories. I think it's kind of adorable. I know that is very cute. Very cute. Monica, everybody needs a supervisor. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about supervising it from here on out. So there's nothing wrong with supervising. I know. I'm trying to get out of supervising. It's just not working. (laughs) No, uh, really great. They're really nice people. So love that we could have them on. Okay. So Monica, we are going into four weeks of phase one again Mm -hmm. 
No more indoor dining. No more going out. We have to flatten the curve because of the flu and winter season coming up. How how you how are you envisioning this for the next four weeks? Yeah, I'm not really happy. I mean, um, I get it. The numbers are really high, and something has to be done for sure. But I think I think everyone is is having the same sort of struggles. You know, I keep thinking that if we sacrifice Thanksgiving, we'll be okay by Christmas. But the reality is, it's not going to happen. So I'm just frustrated that I'm not going to get to see my family for the holidays. So it's just going to be um, my, my small family. So it's it's kind of hard. And, you know, I know a lot of people have made sacrifices, too. I've read a lot of stories today. I feel you. I mean, a lot of people have sacrificed a lot to do their part. And then a lot of people have not. So what about you? I think it's a great idea because... Like you said, people kind of relaxed a little bit. Mm -hmm. We need to start taking it serious again, or those that didn't take it serious the first time need to take it serious again. Serious now. If it takes canceling Thanksgiving or not getting together in a big group of Thanksgiving, if that'll help solve some of the issues, then I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. (laughs) And like I said, we just we just gave you several options to do for Thanksgiving for two or four people if you're in a family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Thanksgiving 2020 is going to be. A couple hours ago, I just canceled Friendsgiving with a. We just decided to cancel Friendsgiving. So yeah. I mean, this is our reality, but we are so close to being there, guys. It's in four months, things will be relatively back to normal, or not normal, but some sort of normalcy. If if we can just focus for <laughs> maybe the next two months or plus, this will be out of this a lot sooner than you want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a good idea. And also, you know, not to mention, like, people don't talk about healthcare workers anymore. Like, Nelson, you and I have friends who are healthcare workers, and um, it's uh-huh. been really hard. And there's a lot of fatigue going on, and they're exhausted, and it's a thankless job. And, you know, there was a big run in the beginning thanking healthcare workers. They're still there, guys. They're still doing their jobs. They're still keeping us alive and healthy. So um, don't forget that as, as we go through this time again. Mm-hmm. Food industry as well. They're going to be impacted again, guys, because they're going to have to close down indoor dining. They're available for takeout. So just like we talked about early in March, if you can support them in any way, purchase and pick up your takeout from them, buy a gift card, do do anything. If, if you can't spend money right now, you can go on their social media and like and share and write reviews and just anything that you can do to support them. Yeah. Good points, Nelson. Good points. Thanks for the reminder. All right, Monica. I think that's, we're going to end it there. Thank you so much for listening to our Thanksgiving episode. I hope we gave you some great ideas, guys. Hang in there as always. And then of course, happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.